this is Brittany Estep. And I'm Chip Richter. And you're listening to the Roots and Wings podcast. A conversation about faith, family, and parenting. We're glad you're listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, how's it going? It's going good. Um, I am uh, recording remotely here today because I'm out of my studio. Yeah library showcase today and a school show on wednesday so everything put me up this way so just kind of hanging out yeah it's hanging out it's friday and getting done with um well i'm not getting done with the work week because we have a huge event here um on campus tomorrow yeah it'll be good it'll be good good. so yeah like well brett um let's jump let's jump into our episode i'm gonna do a little i'm gonna we have a special guest that we're gonna be interviewing today i'm gonna be interviewing you I guess it's not really all that different than what we do, normally do, talk together, but I am going to interview you about an experience that you had recently um, that I want to share with our listeners, because this is sort of the topic of this theme, and I'll just maybe give you the title of this episode. It would, it's probably going to be something like um, Helping Your Kids Grow Empathy in Their Life, or Helping Your Kids Find Empathy. Um, how do we? How are, um, do we encourage our kids to be sensitive to the people around them, to be empath- empathetic with other people's plights? I mean, how do we? How do we teach that? How do we do that? So anyway, that's that's sort of the idea of what we're going to try to talk about t- today. But I want to interview Brittany because she d- did something a few days ago, participated in something a few days ago that I found really interesting and. Um, I think she was surprised how she felt. And um, Brittany, why don't you just go ahead and tell the listeners what is what did you participate yeah, in? Yeah, so I had a chance to be a part of uh, a poverty simulation here in Knox County, and that's the county I live in. And I, I just was asked to go and be a part of it. And I went with some... So a, did you say a part of a poverty simulation? Yes, a poverty simulation. Maybe could you just... Before you go in any further, could you tell us what what is a poverty simulation? What yeah, that? so that was a great question, and which is why I participated in it because I didn't know it. You, oh, you were curious. I was very curious. So you go and um, you get a name tag. So you kind of pick up a name tag, and it has a person on it, a name, your age, and then you go throughout this room and you find your. They'll have like a, a a tag where your family is or your name, so you find where your name is. And a lot of people are in families, so you could pick up a tag and you're a nine year old girl. You could pick up a a tag and you're like a fifty five year old man working. You know what? Here's your family. Uh, you could mm. pick up a tag like there is a girl who is like a nineteen year old girl who is a college dropout with a baby, and they actually gave you like these baby dolls to carry around. And then I was an eighty five year old man. And I lived alone. My wife just died. And that was my story. I didn't have, like, I was the only one in this poverty simulation that didn't have some type of family. Hmm. So, so, so they yeah. basically, you became this person. You became a character. And they, they yeah. sort of assigned you the, a, a person with a backstory and yep. different yep. things. You get a packet of information that you go through. And it kind of tells you. Like for my like my character, he lived alone. Um, he lived like it was a pretty big house, but he didn't have enough money to heat the whole thing. So there was just two mm. rooms that he lived in, 
and he was a little nervous to go outside by himself. Um, so he would, he didn't really leave a whole lot and he would, uh, use public transportation to get around and he, you know, he had a retirement check and like there was an, a physical check in there and, and a list of your monthly bills. So the mm. goal of the poverty simulation was to live a, to live a month in the shoes of, uh, of somebody and see if you can survive by the end of the month. And they would mm. break it up by 15, you would have 15 minutes per each week. So like on my sheet, you know, I knew that I need 30, I had 30, I needed to go get food to live. And there's $30 of food that I'd spend each week. And I would do my best to go, like the timer would go and you go about your week. We had to live a month in poverty and there was 15 minutes for each week. And so I would look at my, my the, the information I was given and I was like, okay, he has to eat. So I got to go to the grocery store, but first I got to cash my check. And, th but, but one thing that caught me off guard is they really, you have to pay for transportation. So every time you would go to a different booth where there'd mm. be people working, you have to give them a transportation ticket and these transportation mm. tickets cost money. Right. So you just kind of have to think through that. One time I ran out of my transportation tickets cause I didn't think through that. And then I went to the transportation booth to buy more and they charged me like twice the amount just to talk to them. And then I had to pay for the transportation ticket. Wow. Um, so they're trying to simulate some of the challenges that people yeah for who sure or in those circumstances yeah. face. Another challenge I found was I had a I couldn't pay my utilities, so I didn't have enough money to like after retirement after medical like after my medications and my and my food and my mortgage I I really didn't have enough money to pay my utilities, so I was trying to find different service organizations to help me, but I was so low on funds. For transportation that I was afraid to go to these service organizations and fear that they would say oh hey we can't help you but so-and-so can and they wouldn't mm. realize that thank you but I literally can't get there because I spent all the money I had to get here to ask you a question yeah um, wow I also didn't wow. there was a point where I finally got the money for my utilities and we were in like week three and you have to pay your utilities by week three or you get evicted and the utility office was closed. They were like closed all week. And I was like, wow. No. So it was so frustrating. And they ended up coming knocking on my door for me to pay utilities. And I was able to do it that way. Hmm. But I, I, I was just one piece of a bigger story. There's a lot of different people operating around me and they had to work with their families or whatnot. Yeah. I was alone. Wow. It sounds like whoever put this together has really thought this through to create some like real life nitty gritty kind of realities that, yeah. that maybe that most of us, you know, who, if you're not in a poverty situation, many of us wouldn't have even thought of some of those right. challenges, you know, right. some of those things. And I think what, you know, what you were sharing with me, Britt, that you, it felt, you felt like you had a real, well, just a real picture uh, that you didn't really even understand before or see before. Yeah, a real yeah, for sure. a real picture of someone's life, right? And that really touched you in such a way. To, in, in fact, it's motivating you to want to do do more. You know, see it, see more, do more to help, right? I and mean, it's mm -hmm. kind of what you were sharing with me. Yeah, yeah. I I think one thing, like I, I remember sitting there at the end of it and kind of just like tears coming to my eyes because I was like, "This is crazy. I get to be mm. done. I get to go." home into my car and, and and go back but like i i helped my character survive for a month but 
I don't yeah, know but, if he would have the yeah. next, you know, and just to, the, and to be in that situation to be that's your life you're living there and trying right desperately to get out somehow to get you know mm-hmm. I'm sure it's just it sounds like a cycle yeah of, and just the rea- I I think for me it was just it gave me an opportunity to actually feel feel something not just not just like oh that's hard so sad I was walking through I felt like I was watching other people or walking through it myself and just kind of feel you just felt frustrated and I it was interesting to me because I felt alone everybody else had people to talk to um because they're in families and even though it was just me to worry about like I kind of felt lonely for that hour because I Mm. I didn't have people to collaborate with and that was one of my biggest takeaways too is just the like the existence of life and being able to pay bills scrape by that but then just being alone to fight through it and it it was it was just it was just eye-opening to feel so much and I think I also recognized maybe some judgments that I've had and I kind of spoke with you about some of those just growing up I feel like I don't know I not through anyone's fault just through the 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 places that I walked through or came from I just felt like I've been maybe taught one way to view things and it was the first time that I was like, hmm, maybe that maybe that's not the only way to look at things. Maybe some of my judgments, maybe some of my lack of understanding, I filled in with assumptions and my assumptions lead to judgments. And I, I don't know if I've always been justified in those judgments. For example, the day before I did the poverty simulation, I was at a grocery store and their lady in front of me was trying to figure out how much money she had on her food stamps so she could get celery. And I remember thinking, how did how do you, I I have a hard time saying this now, but how do you, how do we not have enough money to get, get you a pack of celery? You know, I think sometimes we often fill in this assumption that you can always better yourself. You can always, you can always do something. And there is truth to that. Yes. But I, this simulation just made me realize the amount of challenges one is up against. And I didn't have a right to look at a woman in front of me who's trying to do her best she can to get celery and think that she she isn't trying. Right. Um, and right. I, I it just convicted me, that experience and then the experience I had and recognizing that perhaps through a lack of knowledge and understanding, we we fill it in with assumptions and and those things can lead to judgments. And sometimes that's how we view people in the world yeah. and that may not be justified. No, it never is. Um, to judge someone, you know, I, you know, for us, for, you know, when, when I, when I see someone and make a judgment about, you know, who they are and why they're in the situation they're in or, 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 or not in, or, uh, you know, is, is all about, it's, it's whatever they've done or not done. And, you know, it's like, it's your own fault. You're in this fix, you know, and I, that's just not, for one, that's <laughs> super uncaring uh, and not compassionate at all. And it's also, not true because I think, um, as you experienced in the simulation, people face all kinds of circumstances, life circumstances, and you know, I've heard of I've heard stories of people who, you know, were really living a very middle class lifestyle, and then through a couple of things that happened, medical things, a lost job, a company moves, um, just a combination of kind of a perfect storm of things that, you know, aren't great, uh, they find themselves in desperate, desperate situations financially. Uh, mm-hmm. And in some cases, even on the street, you know, homeless. Mm. 
where two months before they had a home in, in the suburbs. I mean, just crazy stuff like that can happen. And I, so I guess what we're, I'm drifting a little, I'm sorry, but I, I mean, just that's reality that people all around us could be in need and we could if we were paying attention and being aware a little bit more aware we could maybe help you know Mm -hmm. or find out about organizations who do good work and then help support those you know we Mm -hmm. talked about that too for sure yeah I think like I said one of the things that I took from this the most is just this understanding of maybe needing a little bit more empathy and it really grew something in me which is we were talking about I just I just called you to share about my my morning and we kind of just started talking and that's part of what I think we want to touch base on. And I guess that's a question I have for you, dad, um, not being a parent myself, but how do you, how do you grow empathy in your kids? How do you help them see, um, into people? And, you know, I, I, I know this is an experience I feel like I grew into as an adult. How do we grow into them even younger than that? Like how, how do we help do that? Well, I, I guess first I'd say, obviously, I didn't do a very good job because you're just figuring it out oh. <laughs> No, that sounds so bad. There's other things I've been really empathetic about, people, I promise. Well, no, I'm teasing a little bit and just making fun of it. But, I, you know, the truth is, I mean, I don't know exactly how how we do it. I mean, I, I can't lay out, you know, here's four easy steps to help your, your children be more compassionate and empathetic. I, I don't think... Um, I don't really know what the secret is other than just the the one thing that I do know that always works is when we model life before our kids as parents because our children are watching us. Sometimes a lot of the parenting happens with us not saying any words, but just by being observed by our children. And so if you know, if, if what we're talking about here is something that's moving you as a listener and you're thinking, yeah, I do want my kids to be more compassionate and more empathetic. I, I think modeling it and even talking about it, you know, like what does the word compassion mean? What does the word empathy mean? Um, how do you, how can we, what are some things we could do to be compassionate? Let's make a list. Who are some people we know that we think might need some help or might appreciate something that we could do for them? And what are some things that we could do for people? You know, I mean, it doesn't always have to be money. It could be services. It could be even just a, a note of encouragement of someone that you may notice or see, you know. I saw I saw a thing the other day just that came across my, my news feed or whatever I was looking at, and it was just talking about um, just how much, you know, how much division we have and how much arguing is going on in public, you know, on Facebook and in Twitter and in the news. And, and this person was just saying, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm just going to put this out there and tell you I'm going to do this. And if you want to do it too, then just join me in it. But I'm just deciding that today I'm going to smile more. I'm going to say hello to people more. I'm going to hold a door for somebody. I'm going to, I'm just going to look for ways to make someone else's day better and to just love more today. And she just make this woman just making a conscious effort, and she kind of put put it out there to say, "I'm doing this. You want to do it with me?" You know, and a lot of people were, you know, liking it and saying, "I'm with you," and a great encouragement for all of us, mm-hmm. you know. And and mm-hmm. it's just being aware, you know, being mm-hmm. less focused on 
us and more focused on what's out there and then allowing mm-hmm. God to touch our hearts about it. That's the other thing. And I think mm-hmm. that's what's happening for you too. You're, God is touching your heart about something, stirring something in you. And I think that's, that's mm-hmm. God's, that's God's, that's his heart, you know, and you, you embody that, you know, you're made mm-hmm. in his image. So it's what we're supposed to be doing. <laughs> it mm-hmm. really is as, as people who love God and have him mm-hmm. in us. It's what we're yeah. supposed to be doing. Yeah. I like that word aware. And I, I, I think it takes courage to want to, to want to be aware. In fact, I even told Jeff I was going to bed the night before the poverty simulation. And I was like, uh, tomorrow morning I'm doing that. And I, I said, to be honest, I'm not looking forward to it. And he's like, why? And I knew that it would, I knew it would make me care. And I just knew I would feel <laughs> a lot like, oh my like like just first thing in the morning like i was like oh yeah. and some i think that's maybe part of wh- why we struggle with be- becoming aware is because we sometimes we don't want to care like sometimes it we feel like we only have so much room in our heart mm. in our capacity to take on things and maybe that would be my encouragement too is like make room in your heart to care <laughs> make room yeah. in your heart to be aware and care for things and um, part of that awareness comes with the desire to find it and the courage mm-hmm. to seek it out. And I love Mount Vernon, the university that I work for. Our motto here is to seek to learn, is to seek to serve. And I love that because I think it takes a little bit of effort to learn in mm. order to serve well and to love well. And for me, this experience just touching on poverty it's just i'm just scratching the surface i mean i'm not anywhere you know i'm probably not anywhere more aware of it than maybe other people are it's but pretty like, current it's pretty current for you is what you're saying yeah it's just yeah. current and i i guess i'm just saying this yeah i did a poverty simulation but i still have a lot to learn yeah and i and i i think the the only disservice that i will do to myself after this experience is to not take the the awareness that I learned mm-hmm. and to continue to grow into that and 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 learn more and 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 see how I can help more support organizations that are doing good work to cast less judgments to have conversations to not be afraid to bring awareness to something and to care deeply about something mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm not a parent but I I do hope that someday when I am that these are the kind of conversations that I'll have with my kids um right when we see things or when they're young or, or, or maybe give them the courage to step out and, and do something, you know, mm. to love yeah. people well Good. that way. So I don't know. Those are just thoughts. Well, Remind I'm, me I said that when I'm, I'm well, I, you know, I'm, I'm just going to say, I, there's no doubt in my mind that that's, that's the kind of mom you're going to be. And, and then I think it's going to be awesome. Well, Britt, I appreciate, um, you being so transparent and just sort of sharing current stuff that's going on for you, but it gives us some good, a good perspective and a good thing to talk about. I, I just, that's why I wanted to, this was my idea. Brittany was sharing this with me and I said, Hey, let's make this our talk, our episode. And so we did have to kind of talk around it to see how it would fit with, you know, our, our listeners as being parents and, you know, faith family and conversation and all that stuff. And you, but I just, I do feel it, it, it's appropriate and it does work. I mean, this is something we want to see growing in our families and sharing and encouraging each other with. And that's exactly what's happening for Brittany and I. She's encouraging and sharing with me and, uh, and stirring my heart towards this idea of compassion and empathy too. Mm-hmm. So 
I appreciate that, Brit. Yeah. And I would encourage, thanks, Dad. Thank you. I thank you for listening to me ramble. <laughs> um, I would also just encourage families, if you are interested in something like a poverty simulation, I know a lot of communities do it. So just maybe Google it in your, in your county. I know here in Knox County, our United Way put it on, but then I just heard about a high school that put it on a couple weeks ago, and yeah. our university is putting it on for students this week that I have the privilege to be a part of, too. So if you are really interested, I think there are things out in the community for that. And I think knowledge is key, too. So if you want to help, then there are a lot of um, social services around you to be aware of. And I would just say something that I'm going to try to do is become more familiar with how to help direct people when Mm -hmm. uh, they are in times of need and to make sure I'm supporting those organizations. Yeah. Also learn about the ones that are in your area that are that are available. I think sometimes there's help um, available that we don't even know about. And, um, so if, if there's a way for us to, you know, to know those things or point people to people who, who know, (laughs) you know, and where to go, I think that's important too. So wherever you live and whatever situation you're in, you know, make it your business to find out where there's some places where people can go, where you can help people. Cause something we don't have the, always the resources or the knowledge or the expertise, but if we have a heart to point people to someone who can help, I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing for us. Mm-hmm. Okay, good deal. Well, um, I guess that's uh, that's a wrap. You, you good with that? Yeah, that's a wrap. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, if you want to get in touch with us, you can send email to me, chip, C-H-I-P, at chiprichter.com. And you can send Brittany uh, email, Brittany, B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y, at chiprichter.com. And we'd love to hear from you, your thoughts, and your ideas for future episodes. We're always looking for input from you guys, too, with that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you later. Yeah, thanks, everybody. See you next time.